Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, I, I want to know how Cleveland was. You want to know how Cleveland was? Yeah. Cleveland was Cleveland. It was cold. Yeah. <laughs> it was frigid. I'll tell you what, we were up there for the Healing the Whole Person Conference with mm-hmm. the JP2 Healing Center. We're bringing that event here to Memphis, as you know, Victor, uh, in September. And so one of the requirements is that they ask that you and your team or members of your team come up there and experience an, an event on hand. And, you know, I've been to a couple events with them, but never that one. And uh, it was it was in Cleveland. It was very, very cold. It was snowing. And when I say cold, it's like right there on one of the Great Lakes. I don't remember which one. Right. But but it's uh, the wind was blowing very heavily. And even though it was 10 or 11 degrees, you know, I think the wind chill was like negative 18 and so it was very different. Like, even walking across the parking lot was freezing. Right. But it was a great weekend. There's different levels of cold, cold. Yeah. yeah. Here's just cold, but over there it's cold. Well, that's what cold. I was telling everybody. I was like, yeah. I just left Memphis where it iced and all this stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, really, it was nowhere near as cold as what that felt up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a great weekend. You know, it was with Sister Miriam and Dr. Bob Schutz and, and Bart Schutz and their whole team. And, I think they had 500 people at the event in that parish. Yeah, but I saw the pictures on the Facebook. Yeah, the yeah, and then I, they actually uh, asked me to be a part of it, so I actually played in the Trinitarian sculpt, God the Father, so I was involved every night. And they had a priest that was supposed to do it, but he fell ill right before they mm-hmm. started. And so um, they asked me to do it. And whenever I've done that for some of their events, I always wind up, like, hugging people all weekend long because yeah. they come up and they say, you know, I want to, I want a hug from God the Father. And so they just – I was hugging all these women was, and men. Do you wear the fleece vest? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's probably right. what is it? It's the fleece vest. Yeah, I think it's the wingspan. I always yeah. get picked because of the wingspan. I can surround a lot of people at once. Mm-hmm. It's like you and five of your friends, come yeah. get a hug. But uh, but anyway, that's that's what we were doing over the weekend. It was a great time. I love being with those folks. And it is really one of the most powerful events in the in the church, I think, and, and there is a lot of healing that's received at those things. And so I'm excited for them to come to Memphis in a few months and uh, just excited to be back. I'm leaving again tomorrow. I'm going to Jacksonville in the morning. Uh, I'm going to fly down and be with the guys that host the Catholic talk show mm-hmm. and do an episode with them, and then I'll be back Wednesday and morning. Bill, but, Bill's coming next uh, week. Yeah, Bill yeah. Donahue will right. be here in Memphis in a couple of weekends. He'll be here on the 18th to, mm-hmm. to uh, talk about theology of the body and gender and all of those things that he does well. So got a lot coming up. And, you know, another thing came out today, Victor, too. Uh, you know, I, I did a – a thing for Covenant Eyes. They came to me and asked me if I, you know, if I would think about sharing my story, my struggles, not only with the drug addictions that we've shared on here, but also with pornography. And so I agreed to do that after praying about it a while. And they came and shot a beautiful video uh, telling our story. David was in it as, a, as you know, speaking as a accountability partner, mm-hmm. our friend David, that he was for me. And it uh, came out today, so you can check that out on our Facebook and, and social media stuff, Instagram, all of that. They really did a good job shooting it and telling the story in about nine minutes. So um, just check that out on our Facebook page. It was a, it was an honor to do it uh, and to help Covenant Eyes out in that way. And uh, wound up giving us a beautiful piece to be able to share You know what we're doing more, too. 
Uh, another thing I want to go over real quick before we jump into the show is the pilgrimage to the Holy Land with Father Larry that's taking place May the 10th through the 21st. We still have room. We don't have a lot of room. It's filling up, and we're going to have to cut it off here pretty soon. But there are still a few spots available. So if you're looking to go to the Holy Land, if you want to go and spend some time walking in the footsteps of Jesus with a, with a good crowd of folks, I know a lot of the folks that are going, it's going to be a great time. My wife's going. You just come and sign up and go with us. You know, there's still time. And it's something we should all do. Everybody that's been over there tells me, like, you're, you're changed when you come back from there. And in a good way, right? Just being able to experience those places where Jesus has been. So Father Larry and I are good friends. We enjoy being together. I, th- I know that you're going to have a good time if you go with us. I know there's plenty of trips out there, but this one's going to be special. And you'll even be able to renew your wedding vows at Cana and all those things. Uh, there's just a lot going on there in mass at every one of the of, of the churches that we'll visit. Just a beautiful, beautiful time and opportunity to go and walk in the footsteps of our Lord. So you can do that by and sign up for that by going to justagownthepew.com. Go to our events and book me page, and you'll see something there in the middle of the page where you can read and find out more and eventually sign up, which we hope you will do. I mentioned I'm going on the Catholic Talk Show tomorrow. I'm sure that'll come out in the next few weeks. And then just wanted to mention, a last, uh, lastly, a couple places we're going here uh, soon in the next couple weeks. At the end of February, I'll be at St. Joseph's in Conway, Arkansas. We'll be going over there to do our restored parish mission and to build a men's group. So if you're a guy in that area outside or around Little Rock or you know to Missouri from the north, anywhere around there, come and be with us. Again, that's going to be on January the 26th and 27th. It'll start on a Sunday night and finish up on a Monday. It's February. Yeah, of February. Yeah. So I said, did I say January? I meant February. Right. Sorry, gosh. <laughs> don't even know what month it is. But yeah, that's going to be at the end of February, and we're going to start a men's group there. Uh, and then I'll be in Phoenix for a follow-up to a big men's conference out there. We're going to go out there and be in front of all their men's leaders doing the same thing, uh, the Restored Parish Mission, mm-hmm. training on men's groups, and then going into parishes, hopefully signing up parishes there for us to come in and start groups in those parishes. So guys, we talk about it every week. We need to be together in community. We need to be together with other men, sharing our lives, being vulnerable, open, building authentic relationships with Jesus and with one another. So we're helping to do that all over this country. So if you're wanting a place like this, if you want to be a part of that, go to our website, go to our events and uh, book me page at justagownthepew.com. There's a section right there where you can click on more information about men's groups, fill out the form, and Lucy, our admin and marketing assistants, will reach out, or I will myself. But either way, we need these groups, and we got to have help starting them around the country. That's what we're doing. That's what the Lord has called us to do so that men can become the husbands and fathers that they're called to be. So thank you for listening to all that. I know we always take a few minutes at the beginning of the show to do that. It's the best time we have to get the word out about what we're having going on. So thank you for being patient and listening while uh, we get that out of the way and then get into the show. So, you know, Victor, uh, as you mentioned, I just came off the Healing the Whole Person retreat. And, you know, I was thinking I had a lot of time in there for reflection during the day, you know, to give you time for journaling and, and you know, for going to, you know, confession or to the chapel or just to have time to spend in between mm-hmm. some of the, the, the events that are going on during the main event. And I kept thinking about, man, it's here we are in the beginning of 2023, and we've done a lot of shows in the beginning of the, of the year talking about things we need to work on. And as I was listening to the homily in Saturday's Mass, the gospel reading was about Jesus uh, speaking to the disciples after they returned from going out to cast out demons when he sent out the 72. You know, he says this to them in Mark 6, 30, 31. Uh, excuse me, Mark 6, verses 30 and 31. It says, the apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported that all that they had done and taught. 
He said to them, Come away by yourself to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers, and they had had no opportunity even to eat. And so this was the gospel reading, or a portion of the gospel reading for that Saturday morning, this past one. And the pastor got up, uh, the host for this event, and just really broke down that word rest. And he said, you know, we, we always focus on so many other things, but what I want you to focus on this morning in this passage is just that Jesus commanded us to rest. And he said, and oftentimes in our lives, we forget to do that. Mm. We busy ourselves with so much else, and we forget that we're actually commanded to rest. And, you know, it really, it really spoke to me, Victor, because, you know, I had so many years of, uh, of being in the corporate world. And it was just go, go, go. I was a 100% commissioned salesman. And it, you, you maybe got two or three hours on the, the 31st of a month or the last day of a month to just go, okay, I can stop and enjoy this for a second. But then it, the rat race starts again tomorrow. And even in ministry, you know, uh, where God has actually given me, when I stop and think about it, more freedom and more time to be what I should be, resting for myself, growing in my relationship with Him, growing in my spiritual life, spending time with my wife and children. You know, He's given me more time to do that. But even now, I still feel like I got to be doing something all the time. And I know this isn't just something that I struggle with. I know that other men have to because you see the rat race of the world and how everybody's trying to fill up everything. And even in those moments when we have time, we're jumping on our phones or scrolling through TikTok or whatever it is, trying to find something to occupy our time instead of just realizing that God is building into our lives and actually commanded us to rest, not as a punishment or or a time to build anxiety in you, but actually to give you the, the opposite of that, mm-hmm. a time to refresh and renew and to build a relationship with him so we could be truly rejuvenated to be the people he calls us to be. Well, kind of what you're talking about is that the rat race, you know, it's, it's the desire to consume and to acquire. I mean, for some reason in our mind, we think that when we get older, we college, we're, we, there's like the starting line. When you yeah. graduate or wherever career you start, it's like, I'm going to be the top of my class, or I'm going to be the one in my family that does this, or all my friends are going to be the first to do this. You know, you know, there, there's some internal competition among your friends, right? As you yeah. all, I wanted to be the first to do cocaine. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I don't know if you, that's congratulations. Or I know, I'm just joking but, around. <laughs> yeah, I know you are. But but yeah. the thing is, there's this that's internal competition within yourself to prove people that I'm capable of doing many things, you sure. know. And usually that is uh, acquiring many things, like where possessions or a house or nice whatever, you know, or, you know, whatever things that in your mind falsely give you value to other people. Yeah. Um, and, and the word weary is, is intriguing because... Weary isn't like lazy. It's like you've exhaust you, you worked yourself up to exhaustion, and you're still plowing ahead without any hope of you know recovery. Yeah. And and I think that's kind of the difference is what Christ God is saying. You know when it talks about you know rest, sure. it means that He's like you have to fulfill fill yourself up with Me. You can't constantly go on your own way. You yeah. know. And I think we, we fall in that trap so often that we forget to re- be refreshed on Sunday or refreshed in front, you know, on the Mass or daily Mass or refreshed in front of the Eucharist or just being with friends who are, are faithful, you know, and just, or reading the Gospel or reading something, we become refreshed and renewed. Um, but when we are separate from any hopes of, like, any growth in our faith, we're going to be, you know, consumed by exhaustion. You know, and yeah. we're just going to continue to to plow ahead in self destructive mode. It is. It's, it's such a struggle, and and you can look back and really, 
as I think about how I was raised and the things I heard from just mm-hmm. the world and, you know, my dad and other people in my life, you know, you, you hear all these phrases that we've constructed in society that make you feel like if you're not busy, then you're not doing what you're supposed to be, be doing, right? You're wasting time. You're wasting your right. life. And, you know, I have some of those I wrote down. It, it's things like don't put off till, till tomorrow what you could do today, right? Like get as much as you can done today. Don't mm-hmm. rest. Don't do anything. Shove it all in that eight hours or, you know, make hay while the sun shines is another one. You know, the early bird gets the worm. Don't let grass grow under your feet. Uh, idle hands are the workplace of the devil. Put your nose to the grindstone. And so, like, we've we've sort of been indoctrinated as we've grown up with just, like, if you don't have something to do, then then shame on you. You better mm-hmm. find something to do. Right. But that's the exact opposite of what God asked us to do. And the funny thing is rest is actually doing something. You know, when you hear idle hands are the workplace of the devil, like, we, that comes from Scripture, right? Idle hands are, give the devil room is basically what it says in Proverbs. And, and that's true, but like resting is not, not doing anything. When you go to rest, you're actually following a commandment of God, you know, and we forget about that. You know, that was another thing the priest said there is, is, you know, he said, the funny thing is when, when you look at the commandments, God commands the rest on the Sabbath before he ever even commands, don't kill anybody. Right. If you look at the level of importance of the commandments, number four is rest. Mm-hmm. Number six, I think is thou shall not kill. So this should tell us that rest is super important to God, so much so that he puts it in front of something like that. And yet here it is, the only commandment that we ever actually feel guilty about following. Right? We don't feel guilty about obeying our parents. We don't feel guilty about not killing somebody. You know, We don't feel guilty about not lying. We feel guilty about resting. And it's crazy, and it should give us insight into the, the, into the fact that this is what the world and the devil are trying to get us to do because when we stop and rest, we actually put things in perspective. Right, where our life is, what's wrong in our life, what we need to fix, time with our wives and our children that we never get back, right? But so many of us, and Victor, I can't tell you how many guys I hear at, at men's conferences when I'm sharing my life and the, my brokenness and the the healing that I, that's taken place in my life. So many older men come to me and go, you know, I look back at my life and I don't have memories with my kids. I don't have a lot of memories with my wife because I bought into this lie that I had to be doing all the time. And so that's what I gave my life to. And yes, I had a nice house and a nice car and, and I've got plenty of wood plaques that are basically in a box in my garage that told me that I achieved something in my life. But really, as I look back at it, I didn't achieve anything. I spent my time doing the wrong things. And look, I know that we have to work. I know that we have to put food on the table. But when this stuff becomes so enveloping in our lives that we don't even know how to sit and be still for a minute, this becomes a problem. And I know that it has been in my life. And this is why Jesus, to your point a minute ago, says things in like Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 29, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take uh, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. So, so not only did his father in the Old Testament command it in a commandment to rest, but now here's Jesus saying again, like, rest, I'm here. Put your burdens on me. Stop running around anxious all the time. And why do you f- think that we are anxious? Because we never take time to rest. We always, even that minute we have to breathe, we feel so anxious that we're not doing anything that we can't get comfortable. And and so Jesus is imploring us. God the Father has commanded us 
to rest because he knows if we don't, we're not going to be good to anybody. Mm-hmm. We're going to be burnt out. We're going to be far away from him. And then what do we do? We get anxious instead of going to God and resting, finding that still place in your house to just take a few minutes a day. What do we do instead? Well, I'm going to stop and get a 12 pack on the way home. I'm going to smoke a joint. I'm going to watch porn. I'm going to lose myself in Netflix and all these other things because we know we've got to get this out one way or another instead of giving into the prescribed way that God has commanded us to deal with it. I think also adding to what you're saying is that I think a lot of people struggle with the quietness in life. A yeah. lot of people are not f- comfortable being quiet. Silence is hot Silent tough, and yeah. so forth. Because usually if you're not prepared or you're not comfortable with being in silence or in prayer or silence, um, you are so used to being busy, used to noise, because for some reason you're comforted by that act of something else happening, and therefore my attention needs to be somewhere else yeah. rather than in the moment of being still with myself. And for a lot of people, I think when that that happens, uh, when they're quiet, intrusive thoughts really pr- like compound their their thoughts, meaning that they can't be still. That's when anxiousness really arises for people who aren't solid in in the faith or aren't really developed a sense of prayer life, and it terrifies them. Yeah. But the thing is, anyone can do this. Anyone can like pause, can say, "Help me, Lord, learn to pray. Help me, Lord, be." present with you in this moment you know and and that is beginning the process to kind of like start putting those boundaries to where you are resting yeah know? and that makes a lot of sense too what you're saying victor because i mean this is why we're all addicted to our cell phones right this is why everybody when they have a free moment's notice like i was sitting there the other day and said well i'm going to check something on facebook and then 15 minutes later i'm i, I, I click some reel and i'm constantly scrolling through stupid mm-hmm. reels of people like chasing a duck around a yard or something for like for no reason. And I'm going like, man, I just gave up 20 minutes of my life because we're afraid to just be still. We've lost the ability to sit down and have a conversation with somebody, right? We need to be entertained all the time because we feel like if I don't have something to do, then I don't know what to do with myself. And, you know, I was talking to Dr. Bob Schutz about this, that we lucked out, um, or I should, I should say I lucked out. I don't know if he would feel the same way, but we were scheduled to be on the first leg of our flight home Saturday night at seven o'clock together. We were flying to Charlotte. Uh, Sister Miriam was with us and we got to have dinner with her and, and another guy, Hunter, that works for them. It's just a, a anointed and blessed time just to spend with them. But Dr. Bob and I were able, it was a, it was a, a very uh, low attended flight. There weren't a lot of people on the flight. So we were able to sit beside each other. And we were talking about this thing and just kind of reminiscing over how the priest had done a great job in the homily pointing out this rest. And, and um, the thing that Dr. Bob pointed out is he said, you know, it's funny because men were made to be powerful. And he said, and when, we, when, when sin and death came to the world and we chose the wrong choice, like we basically were stripped of that power when we left the garden, right? And so most of us are spending our lives trying to figure out how to get that power back. He said, and I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, look at the magazine aisle in a store, you know, and, and what it's been for years. It's always been magazines with muscles upon muscles, with, with power, with money magazines, with fast cars, with, with all of these things, sports magazines. Mm-hmm. It's all stuff that, that is, is speaking to where men are, like desiring power in their physique or to look good or achievement in these things. And, and so we see these things and we think, wow, that's what a man's supposed to be. And, and the way we get this is by working nine to nothing all the time to achieve these things. And he said, the funny thing is, John, what you've tapped into in your ministry is that it's through our weakness that we actually become strong. Like that's the way we get back into that original power that God meant us to have as men. 
But yet this explains why we spend so much of our time chasing after these things because there's an ache in our heart for something that most of us don't even realize was lost, mm-hmm. right? This, this, we're trying to get back to this, this, the way that we were created, right? But we, we can't do that through simply running around like on a never-ending cha- treadmill or a hamster on a wheel that we never get off of uh, trying to achieve this on ourselves. It's only through spending these times in rest with our family, with our loved ones, with God, most importantly, that we that we start to realize, man, it's not about what I can achieve before from sun up to sundown. It's about how I'm spending my time with God first and foremost, those in my life, and then putting other things in the proper order, my job and everything else, and not letting those other things envelop my life, but being centered on God the Father always and on Jesus and what he's asking of me and then my family. If we could do that, then we start to realize, man, this anxiety goes away. All this stuff of I've got to achieve and I've got to do this. I mean, Victor, in my in my closet, I have plaque upon plaque of quota achievements, whether it was in my district or for a store or my own personal sales quota or company-wide or the national salesman of the year. And it's they probably have eight inches of dust on them because what I figured out is what once mattered to me that was so important to me to be the best and to do that. I had to, I had to work my tail off every minute and come home an angry guy and yell at my wife and kids. Cause I was constantly stressed. I put all that stress on me by putting the wrong things, importance on the wrong mm-hmm. things in my life. What God is trying to do for us is a favor by telling us to rest. And you know, Victor, he did this in the old Testament, not only in the commandments, but even before that. So when he frees, you know, the, the Israelites from Egypt, and they're in the desert. What is he doing? He's providing everything for them, right? The, the manna from heaven is falling every day. And he says, collect it six days. But on the seventh, do nothing, right? Do nothing is what he tells them. Because he said, on the sixth day, I will give you double portion. Right? I'm going to give you enough to where you don't have to do anything on, on the Sabbath. So the verses I'm actually quoting are from Exodus in chapter 16, 23, 26, 29. So it says, on the seventh day, God completed the work he had been doing. Or excuse me, that was Genesis. Exodus 16 says this, that is what the Lord has prescribed. Tomorrow is a day of rest, a holy Sabbath of the Lord. Six days you will gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, it will not be there. Take note, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. This is why on the sixth day, he gives you food for two days. Each of you stay where you are and let no one go out on the seventh day. This is what God was trying to say. Is like, look, I'm providing for you for your physical needs. But God knows better than anything the needs of our heart. And so on that seventh day, on that Sabbath day, God is trying to give us what he himself showed us in Genesis. That was the verse I, I mistakenly started reading there. It says on the seventh day, God completed the work that he'd been doing. He rested on the seventh day from all the work he'd undertaken. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work he had done in creation. God needed this himself. He provided this for himself, not only for him, but for an example for us. And then through that exodus, he was providing everything they needed. And what he was saying is, look, look. I'm your father. I love you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to give you what you need. I'm even, this whole journey is to get you to the promised land, the thing you're looking for in your life. And I'm going to give you everything you need for the journey for us. Now that is heaven, right? That's the promised land for us. But God's sitting there and saying like, stop running around worrying. I'm going to provide and just be because you need time to rest and remember what's important. Me, your family, our love for you, your love for them, so that you can be the man that you're called to be and go out and do the things well that I've made you to do. And so God's showing this in the Old Testament, not only just in the commandment, 
but also in what he's he's done and showed to the Israelites, the people that were before us, how important this was, giving a double portion so that they had time to rest. And and so maybe you're sitting there, well, okay, well, I'll rest on Sunday. It's not just about resting on Sunday. Yes, we always need to keep that day holy. And we need to, I mean, God bless my grandparents. My grandmother would throw a fit if she saw you outside doing anything work-wise. You want to go fish? Fish. You want to do something relaxing? Go out there, throw the football. But you better not be cutting the yard. You better not be chopping mm-hmm. wood. You better not be doing anything that requires work because this is what the Lord has commanded. He knows what we need better than any of us ever will. And so this is what... This is what we need to start putting into practice in our life. It's not only keeping the Sabbath holy, but finding each day a place to make a small Sabbath in our day, resting and giving ourselves to what's important. Well, going back to Mark, you know, chapter 6, you were saying, like, where he sent them out and they came back, right? So yeah. he's, he's kind of having, like, a conference, like, what was your experience? You know, what, what, what was everything like? And they were probably in the process of, of when they did do some healing, Guess what? All it takes is one word of mouth to say, "Hey, there's people in here healing," mm-hmm. you know. And then, then there's this following of people, and so there's probably pressure that he realized that they they were they were receiving, probably f- trying to figure out like, okay, now that you told me to do this, God, I don't know what uh, Christ Jesus, I don't know what to do now, you know. And and, and he took them with him, correct? Yeah. You know, okay. And and in a in a way, it was kind of like having them sit down. And realize what's happening. Like, yeah. Do you understand what's happening? Do you understand that the kingdom of heaven is, you know, is is here, you know, in, in the form of me, you know, and and the Holy Spirit who will come after me. I mean, he didn't say that then, but he's he's prepping them sure. for that. And and I think what what we have to realize is that we are we are the the inheritance sons and daughters of the kingdom as well. Right. Right. Well, the, you know, you're exactly right. And it, it, here's the thing: that, like that priest said two at, at the retreat he's like god loves to play yeah you know he says god loves to play he loves to see you playing he loves to watch you playing god wants us to be happy and joyful he doesn't want us to be mindless robots that are si- simply staring at a never-ending to-do list and trying to cram it all into every second of our life because here's the thing and i'll tell angela this like last night we were out on the patio we were watching the grizzlies game and i had the sound off and we we're listening to some music we both enjoy and the kids were you know dancing around and playing and throwing the ball in the yard and I'm sitting on the fire just looking over at her, and, and every five seconds she was picking up her phone, right? And I said, Angela, like, enjoy the present moment. Yeah. Like, just put the phone in. Well, I got to do this. I got to order, casa- you know, corsages or, uh, for, for the father-daughter dance for you and the girls. It's like, you could do that tomorrow. Like, right now we have a few hours left in mm-hmm. this Sunday where neither one of us is cooking dinner. Neither one of us is getting stuff ready for the kids tomorrow. Like, the kids are out here dancing and playing. You got this music on that you like. You got a glass of wine in your hand. Like, just sit here and be present and rest. Like, come over here and sit with me, you know? And she did. And But a few minutes later, she had the phone in her hand again. I was like, Angela, put the phone down. What are mm-hmm. you doing? Well, I'm just trying to send something to my walking with purpose group. Angela, just stop, mm-hmm. right? Just be. And, Victor, it took me a long time to learn this in my life, and I've really had to fight it, and I fight it continually every day. It's like there's nothing wrong with just being, right? We're, we weren't made to be doers, right? We're made to be. God is always saying, be still, be not afraid. Be, be, be all the time. He's asking us to remember and refresh ourselves each and every day with what's important. Because if not, we're going to miss it, right? You want to have a phrase? You know, stop and smell the roses. There's a phrase to replace all that other stuff. Because this can easily for men become a very thing of pride. 
seeing how much I could take, becoming a robot. I'm the Terminator. I get it all done. I can work three jobs and go to the gym and do all the yard work and do all this stuff. Yeah, you can, but you're going to be like one of these guys that I used to work with at Napa that looked at me at 75 years old, still working, had plenty of money, no need to work, traveling all the time. And he looked at me with a tear in his eye one time and he said, John, every time I'm on a plane, I close my eyes and I try to think of my daughters and memories I have with them, and I don't have a single one. There's not anything I can remember. If I can, I'm out of them within a couple of seconds. Mm -hmm. Guys, we don't need to be those guys. We don't need to be that in our lives. And so if you're looking for something in 2023 to, to, to be better at, it's rest. God has commanded this of us. This isn't something he's asking. He commands it in the Sabbath and each and every day of our lives. That's why we need to take time to pray. We need to take time to go to Mass. We need to take time to reflect in our lives about where he is and what he's doing and what he's calling us to do. Because we're moving so fast, we're going to miss that small, still whisper that is God's voice. That's the only way we know what he wants us to be. So here at the end, let's talk a little bit of how-to. You know, number one, I would say take an inventory of how you're filling your time. Sit down and look at your day, right? And look at it and say, you know, what am I filling my day with? Is it just a never-ending list of stuff? And I, look, I get it again. We have job responsibilities. We have grocery store needs. We have multiple kids and sports and all those things. Or maybe you're in college or something. You have all kinds of study and classes. I get it. But none of that matters. When we die, none of that matters. I mean, yes, getting your kids to places and stuff like that matters. Don't take that the wrong way. But what matters is refreshing ourselves and taking time every day to enjoy what's important. I don't want to grow old. And when my kids are leaving at 18, and this is why I limit the trips out of town and stuff, Victor, is I don't want to look back and go, man, I spent all this time away from them and I'll never get that time back, right? I'll never have time to just influence their lives more or to have memories with them or to make sure that they're, they're, they're skilled and, 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 and taught in the things they need to have. So we need to take inventory now of, of how we're filling our time and start getting rid of the things that don't matter and start being easier on ourselves about when we need to take breaks and clear out things in our life. Number two, realize that you only have so much time on this earth. Like that's what I was just saying with your family and your friends. When you look back on your deathbed, it's not you're not going to be saying, man, I really wish I could have made that extra trip to the grocery store in 1987 right. on this day. Or you're not going to say, man, I really wish I could have cram some more reports in or, 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 you know, logged a couple more hours on QuickBooks. You're not, you're, you're going to be saying, man, I wish I had that time with my family and my children again, and the things that matter and with God, more importantly, especially if you've not developed a relationship with him because you simply listen to the, to the lies and the cadence of the world and the devil to be busy all the time. You know, three, recognize the feelings and negative thoughts that come when you try to take time to rest and fight them with the truth of what God has commanded of you. Not asked, commanded. This is one of the commandments. I give respect to all these other things. It's time, you know, not killing anybody, not lying, not envying someone, not coveting someone else's life or, or wife. Now it's time for me to give credence to rest, make holy the Sabbath, not only Sabbath on Sunday, but in, in an individual mini Sabbath in your life each and every day. And then finally, stop feeling guilty for getting off the merry-go-round, right? You need time to recharge. And if you don't take it, you're not going to be good for anybody or anything. That's the thing we have to realize. We think if we keep achieving all this stuff, we'll finally get to a place where we can we can rest and we've been given we've given so many people things through our our efforts that they will be in need of nothing. My dad used to say that all the time, you don't need anything. I'm providing all this stuff. I'm working all this time. And I would have killed for him to be home more, mm -hmm. for him to have that time with me. I would have much rather have, you know, memories with my father than you know, all these extra pairs of clothes or a certain level of food every night. 
you know, instead of a dinner, we could have had to have a box. I love my father and I'm thankful for how he worked hard for us, but I would have much rather have those memories with my dad than the ones where I looked up in the ball, stand, ball game stands and he wasn't there or when I wanted to be with him at night and he didn't come home until after I was in bed because he was working so late. This is not to knock my father. This is just an example of how easy it is for men to fall into that, that nonsense of thinking I have to give my life to everything else but my family and God. So brothers and, you know, and sisters that are listening, here's the deal. If this is your life, if, if, if you're feeling any sort of, man, this is me, then sit with that. God is trying to give you a message to this podcast today, and he's speaking to me through it too. There's other things in my life too that I need to take time. He's put me in a place in my life where I have more free time than ever, and it's okay to have that, but I still need to preach in my own life each and every day that that's the truth and that God's given me that. Not, not to worry me, not to make me feel anxiety for not doing things, but to realize he loves me and he wants time for me to just be with him, and he wants the same thing for you. So, Victor, let's pray for that, for you, for me, and for everybody else listening. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, slowing down to rest and be still can be one of the hardest things to do as a man. The world and the devil push us to fill our schedules and our days with anything other than you. Help us to remember that rest is not only a gift from you, but it's also a commandment. And Father, whenever we begin to wonder why so many things in our lives have become out of control or difficult, Remind us that as a loving Father, you commanded us to rest for that very reason. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.